that you can tell a man or woman of God from what they follow after, flee from, and fight for. Or we can reverse it. What they flee from, what they follow after, and what they fight for. The characteristics of a man or woman of God, the things God wants us to aspire to achieve and become, are things of character and things of integrity. He says, flee from those things that are earthly and temporal and that are dry wedge between you and God. Flee from the things that hinder you from pleasing God. But follow after or pursue things that are godly and God-fearing and God-loving, righteousness, godly faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. And he says, fight the good fight of faith. Don't caught up, get caught up in too much of this natural, temporal foolishness. Instead, live for that which is eternal. So again, 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 we see that testimony of the reputation of the man of God. It comes down to character. Here's, here's our thought. These men in James 5 had lost their identity. But God's going to teach us that our identity is in him and the things he wants us to be known for are not all the natural things, but things of character and godliness and godly living. What's our testimony in the world? What's our testimony in the world? What is our, our striving for in life? Are we striving for true riches? Are we striving for things that will never make it? Are we striving for things that glorify God? What is our influence in the home? What's our witness and responsibility on the job? What is our reputation among our neighbors? These are the things that God finds our identity. These are the things that God is looking for us to achieve. Whether a man has a bigger car or not, well, God bless you, you go for it. But I'll tell you, God's not impressed by any of that. What moves the heart of God? Are you a good witness to the world around you? Are you carrying a godly witness in your home? You know, a lot of Christians don't carry a good enough witness or influence in their own homes. You think about Lot. You wouldn't believe that he was a righteous man if the Bible didn't say so in the New Testament because he lived such a poor life. He had such a weak influence in his own home that his own relatives laughed at him when he warned them about the things to come. So God's looking for men and women that have a proper testimony with this world, a powerful influence in their own homes. And God says those are the things that our identity is. Those are the things that we should be striving for. So again, let's note it's not how or, or, or what man is looking for, but what does God value? And how does God measure things? And what does God esteem? Uh, again, Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. Let's look at that together. Jeremiah 9, because they lived in luxury and self-indulgence, but they lost their identity. And there's nothing wrong with the blessing, but don't lose your identity. Our identity is fact we're Christians. We serve the Lord, and we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. Amen? And we're going to live it, and we're not just going to talk it. We're going to walk it. Amen? Our identity. We're children of God. We're born again. Jeremiah 9. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast in his strength, or the rich man boast in his riches. And we boast about a lot of those things. But let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me. God says, if you're going to be boast, don't boast about all these natural things. Boast about the fact you know the Lord. You're a child of God. You pass from death unto life. And you know the Lord, that he's a God that exercises kindness and justice and right. God says, in these I delight. God says, I delight. Not in who's the strongest. Not in who's the wealthiest. Not in who's got the greatest, you know, GED. But no, no, no. 
I want someone that knows how to exercise kindness and justice and righteousness on the earth. Someone that knows the Lord. God says, I'm pleased with that. Go a little further. Go to Jeremiah. Go to that um, 22nd chapter. But again, the man that God esteems walks with God and lives for God and knows God. And knows what God esteems. Righteousness. Peace. Now let's go to Jeremiah 22. Jeremiah 22. We read this a few weeks back. We're going to do it again because I want you to see this. The prophet is dealing with various kings. And he's going to be speaking to one king here. And he's saying, you know what? Did it make you a better, better king? Did you have a better castle? Pretty much bigger palace? He says, you know what? Your father had those things but still knew how to minister compassion to the hurting and justice to the citizens. You see, God's not so much looking for finding our esteem in things, but finding our esteem in character in our lives that we live. God says, God says, I want you to find your identity in the fact that you fulfill your purpose on the earth. Because you can have a zillion dollar home, but if you're not a proper father, God says, we're going to knock heads. You, you can drive a big car and give your wife a Cadillac that reaches from here to 60, but if you're not a good husband, you and I are going to knock heads. See what I'm getting at? See, so we, we got this thing whacked out. You know, sometimes these things we think is all great, God says, not that great. Nothing wrong in their perspective, but we need to esteem and honor and strive for the things that heaven applauds. Because at the end of the day, heaven gets the last word. Amen? So look at this now. Jeremiah 22, verse 13. And the prophet is dealing with one of the kings that God wasn't pleased with. And he asks these questions, woe to him, verse 13, who builds his palace by injustice, unrighteousness, his upper rooms by injustice, making the countrymen work for nothing, not paying them their labor. He says, I will build myself a great palace with spacious upper rooms, so it makes large windows and panels and cedars and decorates it. And now God asks the question in verse 15, does it make you a king? To have more and more cedar. Does it make you a better man because you drive a bigger car? Does it make you these things that the world's influence puts in us and we strive for? He built a bigger palace, but he did it on the backs of laborers that he didn't pay. He, he did all these things while he neglected his responsibility. Now look what he says here. Did not your father, he was a good king. His father was a good king. Did not your father have food and drink? He did what was right and just, so all went well with him. He defended the cause of the poor and needy, so all went well with him. Is that not what it means to know me, declares the Lord? I says, what he's saying, listen, it's knowing me is fulfilling your God-intended role. That's what pleases God. To have all these other things that men admire, but not to fulfill your divine purpose. God says, hang on, you missed it. Not to be a proper parent, but to have an IRA that's, you know, not to be a proper servant of God and member of your church and have all these other things. Fulfilling our roles and our responsibility to be faithful. My purpose before God. Who have I touched? Who have I helped? Who have I sacrificed for? Notice he says here now, now your father was a king and he had these things, but you know what? That's all right, because he fulfilled his purpose. He took care of the needy and the oppressed. He fulfilled his responsibility. 
So it wasn't the fact that the king had a palace. Kings were supposed to have palaces. But he got his palace righteously, and he didn't do it on the backs of not fulfilling his responsibility. One of the first things God looks for in any of our life, am I fulfilling my responsibility? As a man, as a son, as a Christian, am I fulfilling my responsibility? Because we get so busy running after things that are not important things in heaven's eyes. That sometimes we're striving for things God says, hang on. Have you fulfilled your divine purpose? Have you carried out your divine responsibility? Because God says, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I esteem. That's what heaven applauds. Amen? Wow. That's what heaven applauds. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's go one more, one more. Luke 21, 1 through 4. Luke 21, 1 through 4. This is a proper one. Again, we're talking about how does God measure things? I want to find out what God's looking for and strive for those things. Amen? I want to find my esteem in knowing I'm walking with the living God. I'm a child of God. I'm pleasing him. You know, Jesus, you know, Jesus of all people, if anyone didn't need baptism, it was Jesus. Amen? I mean, he never sinned. All right? And we're going to baptize. All of us here probably been baptized. We need to be baptized. We were sinners, and we need, we need to get, some people need to be held under a little longer than others. Amen? But, but you, know, you know how that works? Hold them under till they see the light. You know what I mean? Then you bring them on up. Some, some, some need to be held down a day or two. You know what I mean? Get a, get a good resurrection there. But, you know, you know, Jesus got baptized. Isn't that right? He got baptized. He got baptized. He said, I got to fulfill all righteousness. He didn't get baptized because he was a sinner. He got baptized because he was an example. He showed us. But when he got baptized, remember the father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You see, the Father is pleased and the Father is approved when we fulfill righteousness and fulfill our responsibilities. We've gotten away from being a people of carrying out our duty and our responsibility. In fact, we try to shirk it. We try to make excuses for it. But God still wants a man and a woman to carry out their purpose. Amen? How does God measure things? This story in the New Testament really shows us how God's measuring scales are really different than ours. And as he looked up, Jesus saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. Kind of can scare some people to, to, to know that Jesus watched our giving, but that's another sermon for another day. But he was looking, I mean, am I reading it right? Jesus was watching them what they gave. I mean, I, I don't do it because, um, anyway. Um, and he also saw, saw the rich, big giving some pretty good gifts, amen? He also saw this poor widow put in two very small copper coins. And I tell you the truth. Jesus said, I'll tell you the truth. Stop it. Remember, stop the offering. Illustrate his sermon. Come here, Peter. John, let me take a look at this. You see that little widow? Yeah, she's bugging your Lord. No, she's not bugging me. She's blessing me. And in fact, she's, she's ready. She's giving an illustration. Don't you ever forget this, Pete. I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. Mr. Big Bucks almost choked about three steps. He's back. I mean, surely the Lord knew the piece of gold I put in there. Certainly he saw the. Jesus said, see, all these people 
We're talking about how God measures things and God weighs things. So we better get to that book and find out how God, we listen to this world too much. We, we get d- deceived and defiled by this news and politics and all that. We've got to get back to that Bible. That, that, that Bible renew our minds and get in our hearts. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Wow. God sees different than we do, doesn't he? Amen? So we see in our story, in James, these rich men were, were living in their self-indulgence. They were hoarding things. And through it all, they, they, they lost their priority. Amen? And we said one of the worst things we could do is lose our priorities. That was the first thing they lost. Because when I lose my priority, I become my own worst enemy. Because here I am giving all my time and all my effort to something that's number five on the scale. And I'm neglecting one and two. I mean, the devil just steps back and says, go at it. You know, you, you, you go, you know you, you're going to lose. So we've got to get our priorities right. Amen? Let's, let's seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Let's make, get our priorities in line. Get aligned biblically. All right. Lost our priority. And then secondly, they lost their opportunity. Because you're blessed to be a blessing. Here are these men that God blessed enough that they could hire other people, and they didn't pay them. How many times do you see parts of the country need, need work, need jobs, need jobs? Can you imagine someone going in, have the ability to give jobs, then didn't want to pay them? Had the opportunity to help their fellow man. And many times, we, we might not have financial riches, but we've got wealth of gifts and talent and other things. And if we look all around us, see, if we hoard them, we don't give them. Amen? But if we look around us, we see others that, that need what we have. And don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing. Don't miss the opportunity to lift someone up, help someone along the way. So that their priority, their opportunity. But then lastly, as we studied here, they, they, they lost their identity. But they thought these natural things are what made them. You know, it's like, we missed. Down, down here. There I found right. myself. Amen. You know, sometimes we um, watch the commercials, and we know what commercials are all about. They're trying to get you to buy something. We know that. We understand that. Amen? But, but you know, I, I can still remember back a long time now. I mean, in English class, probably in my sophomore year. Not college either. I mean, I'm going back now to the glorious 80s. Oh, what a decade. But anyway, that's, a, that's another story for another day. Um, and, and I can remember studying that English. We just studied commercials and the different types of commercials and what they were appealing to, and what they were trying to get. But it's so true that the world acts like that, amen? And they try to sell us something. Man, if I get that truck, I'm just going to be the cat's, cat's nothing. You can't even get up on the thing. You kidding me? You can't even, good Lord, oh, take an Uber already, amen? Um, and they try to sell you, but you know, that's what the world does all the time. It tries to say, you know what? If you look like this, if you get this, if you do that, we've got to watch the spirit of this world. It'll come through the TV. It'll come through advertising. But God says, no, 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 no. Don't let those things deceive you and sway you into thinking, that's how you got to look, or that's what you need. You know, you don't have that big watch. You know what I mean? Amen. As long as it tells time, you can be on time. Amen. I mean, you have this that makes you a man, or that perfume, whatever. No. God says, in my word, 
your identity is that you're a child of God and you're living in a way that pleases God. That you're a child of God and you're trying to do your best to be conformed to the image of Jesus. You're living for the things that please God. You're doing the things that honor God. Let that be your esteem. Amen? That, that the Father can look down on us. That's my beloved son or daughter in whom I'm well pleased. Amen? That's what we strive for. And that's it. Okay, listen. Next time, we'll finish up this little section and we'll start finishing up. Remember, next week is before Thanksgiving, so no, no Wednesday night next week. But the last thought when we get back, what the riches.